Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning here in the old Pueblo. It is September 1st. It's September, ladies and gentlemen. September. (laughs) This month, this year has gone by so quickly. I can't believe it's already September. Look, I'm incredibly excited about it because, as you know, with September comes lots of football. And it ends like the dog days of summer. We've been very thankful and lucky to not have the true dog days of summer like we've had in years and decades past. Thankfully, because the NBA and such, you know, altered their schedule because of 2020 COVID and all that. So there wasn't so much of the dog days, but, man, it feels good to be right back in the swing of things in September. It is September 1st. 703 on your Wednesday morning. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. As Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, we are dedicated to bringing you all the best in uh, sports news, whether it be local or national or, heck, sometimes even international, as uh, we were covering the Olympics and anything else that becomes newsworthy. We want to make sure that you guys are informed and entertained here every single morning here on ESPN Tucson. So... Lots of uh, lots of things happening yesterday. Lots of lots of moving pieces, moving parts in the world of the NFL. As NFL roster cuts were made, all the NFL teams are now down to 53. Not every team has announced their full depth chart. Like for instance, the San Francisco 49ers have not announced who their starting quarterback is going to be. So those are some things that are that are left to be uh, determined over the next week, because the NFL season kicks off a week from tomorrow. September 9th is the opening night of the NFL. Uh, and, look, it's, it's, it's a super exciting time right now. Obviously, every single year it is. As college football week zero is in the books, we're going to start week one. The Wildcats got their first game of the season coming up this Saturday in Las Vegas. I, am, I, I, like, I can't wait. Every year I'm excited. I feel like, I feel like every year I'm incredibly excited for U of A football. I always have been. It's just, it's my passion. College football is my number one, it's my, my number one love. It's my favorite sport in, you know, the, my favorite hobby of, of sports. College football is number one. Obviously, favorite team growing up has always been Arizona. Grew up listening to games on the radio, sitting on the hearth next to my grandparents. Anytime the game was on TV, it was a real treat to be able to watch the game on TV. And, of course, as technology and things like that evolved in cable TV and all that kind of stuff, got to watch more and more of it, got to go to a lot of games over the, over the years, started buying season tickets. And speaking of season tickets, we have an announcement coming up here in just a little bit about how you can get a piece of my season tickets. All that's coming up in just a little bit. We'll discuss some of that, some fun things coming your way. But – I feel like I say it every single year. Like, I'm so excited for this season of, of college football and specifically Arizona football. I can't wait. You, you know, now as a, as a, an employee of the team, as the PA announcer, it, it's a different look for me. Look, I was uh, – I, I, look, I'm full transparency here. I hope you guys appreciate that. I hope it's okay with you. I like to share a lot of my personal life here on the air, and I, I, I'm, I'm fully transparent. I don't mind sharing these types of things with you because – 
there's a lot of stories behind it, and it kind of gives you a little backstory into why I am the way I am, you know, the, why I do the things that I do. I think it's important that you guys know me personally because we're not allowed to it really interact. I shouldn't say allowed. We're not, uh, it's not, it's not a, 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 an availability right now that we have to be able to interact back and forth. I can't be on site five times a week to talk to you guys, to meet you, to shake your hands, things like that. I just have to kind of talk at you and hope that you're listening and hope that we interact that way. And you're obviously more than welcome to reach out on Twitter um, and uh, the, the emails and stuff. And, you know, we'll be getting that email up hopefully real soon here. Uh, just get on management about that. Go knock on the door again after the show today. But full transparency, you know, I, I was really reluctant to take the PA, the PA announcer's job. Uh, I was, it was, it was a, a, a job that I had turned down several times, to be honest with you. Um, Greg Byrne, former athletic director, talked to me and was talking to me in the hallways because I've been, this will be my eighth year doing basketball, but only my, uh, only my fourth year doing football. <clears throat> and, you know, Greg Byrne and I had conversations in the hallways and stuff. And I remember one time he, he stopped me and he was like, Jeff, What's it going to take to get you to do the PA for football? And I gave him my number. I'm not going to tell you what the number is, but I gave him my number, like what it would take to get me out of my church, because that's what I called it. I said, I said, Greg, you know, Saturdays at Arizona Stadium, that's church for me. Like college football is my church. That is my religion. Saturdays at, at Arizona Stadium are my church. That's where I've, go, that's where I've been going the last 13 years. Uh, you know, 12, it was like it was 11 years of time, 12 years of time. And I, I said, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to miss church. And so I gave him my number. He patted me on the shoulders, got a kind of a side smile on his face and says, enjoy the season, Jeff, and walked away. Because I, I knew that he, there was no way he was going to accept that number. Like, there was just no, like, no way possible. Finally, I was beaten into submission. Dave Heakey, athletic director, current athletic director, beat me into submission and uh, and talked me into taking the job. And I'm glad I did because – it's it's a it's a different experience, and I still get to experience the fun of game day, much to the chagrin of those people working with me in the PA deck. As passionate as I get, I feel bad for those people up there because look, there's a lot of people up there. I've got my spotter, uh, Matt Brecker, who who does a, a phenomenal job. Shout out to Matt. Get to see him on uh, on coming up next Saturday. He's a hardworking dude, and uh, works really hard to keep me on task as being able to time out the calls and things like that, it can be quite difficult because of how fast the college game is. You have to spit out a ton of information within about eight seconds and be accurate with it and be accurate with your math and the numbers and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's not an easy job. It's a two-man job. So shout-out to Matt Brucker for the, for the job that he does. I also work with the marketing staff. The DJ is up there. Uh, I work with the engineering department and all the, you know, all the, 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 you know, the engineers that, that – work the console this giant console that gets sound out to you know, everybody and and people coordinating everything that's happening on the field they're all in that room with me at the pa deck and i'm sitting there screaming like a fan sometimes <laughs> pounding the desk throwing things i mean you know it, I, I, my emotions pour out because again that's my religion that's my church that's where i that's where i congregate that's where all of my emotion is fed into so uh, I, I, I assure you that I am not an easy person to deal with up in that PA deck because of just things. And it's not like an unprofessional type thing. I'm not screaming at anybody or anything like that. It's just I, I get very, very emotional. And, you know, for instance, the opening kickoff of the Territorial Cup game last year when I said, 
whatever they do, they better not kick it to, and there it goes, and there he goes, and it was not a happy time up in up in that booth. Uh, you know, but it, it's 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 one of those things where I feel like right now where I'm at today, I'm more excited for what's what's to come from this season than I have been probably since. I I mean, I honestly want to say like the Stoops era. Look, I was really excited for the Rich Rodriguez era. I got a chance to meet Rich uh, basically like the first day he was in town. Greg uh, Greg Byrne and Rich Rodriguez had come up to Scottsdale to kind of introduce themselves to the alumni and things like that. And we went to this uh, this event that they had up in Scottsdale. And at, at, at one point in time, I found myself out on the patio just standing there, just the three of us. Greg Byrne, Rich Rodriguez, and I all having a beer and just chit-chatting about life, chit-chatting about football, and spent about 45 minutes talking with Rich Rodriguez. Greg ducked out. He went and talked to some other people, and Rich and I were just standing there just talking football, just having a good time, having a good conversation. And I remember that conversation, and it went extremely well, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, he, he's, not, he's not the guy the media portrays him to be. And it got me really excited for, for Arizona football because, you know, he had – I, you know, for lack of a better term, he coached me up. He, he had he had coached me into a tizzy. Uh, I, you know, I was ready to go play that night that they got, they got introduced, and they were still months and months away from uh, from kicking off for college football. But I feel like honestly, like this year, I don't know. There's just something more exciting. Maybe it's because of the hangover from the COVID season, and it, 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 because you know, if you listen to the show, you know that I just completely wrote off last season. Last season does not matter. And any of those fans from the team up north that want to continue to uh, to laugh and, and and joke at the at the score of the game, I laugh right back at them. I go, "Yeah, congratulations! It occurred in front of a stadium full of no fans in a season that didn't matter in a in, you know in a in a game that didn't send anybody anywhere to anything, and it helped get us a new coaching staff." that we've all fallen in love with and is now beating your ass in recruiting. So congratulations. Continue to laugh it up. Enjoy the scoreboard in a season that didn't matter in a game in front of no fans. You know, so maybe maybe the hangover from last season is why I'm so pumped for this year. I don't know what it is, but I am stoked. I mean, I'm, I'm ripped and ready to go for this year of Arizona football. I, I, I say it every year. I'm super excited for Arizona football, and I legitimately mean it. I'm one of the more, I'm one of the more optimistic people you'll meet when it comes to Arizona football. I always have been. I feel like I'm kind of like the antithesis of the typical Tucson fan because let's face it, folks, you know who you are. You talk to the fans in town. You know how pessimistic fans can be at Arizona, regarding Arizona football specifically. One loss, it's fire the coach, the team's no good, the new quarterback, it's just the way it's always been, why can't we go back to Desert Swarm? I hear it, folks. I'm not deaf. Just because I don't live down there on a daily basis doesn't mean I don't, I don't hear it. I'm down in Tucson 38 times, 45 times a year. Somewhere, you know, you know I've, I've got family down there, I've got friends down there, I've got business down there. Look, I'm down there a lot. I talk to a lot of people. I have still a lot of contacts and people that I talk to that live down there. On a on a weekly basis, I hear it in the you know in the media. I hear it I hear it all over the place. Arizona fans, specifically Arizona football fans, have not been very optimistic in years past, and that's okay. 
you know what I mean? There's a lot of fan bases, and I mean a lot. Trust me, I know. I've I've been in other cities. I've been around these teams. I've been around their fan bases because it's something that I soak in. As I mentioned, it's my religion. I've been to a lot of different stadiums. I've been to the SEC. I've been to the Big Ten. I've never been to the ACC. I'd like to go see an ACC game. I've been all over. I've been to 11 of the 12 stadiums in the Pac-12 to watch a football game. Still saving that one. Still holding out hope for that one. Not going until we go when it matters. But, you know, fans are are very typical, you know, across the board. Unless you're an Alabama fan or some kind of a misguided fan like you hear, well, most of the SEC fans. But there are some SEC fans that are, that are you know, fan bases that are just pessimistic. And then there's some that just don't care. Like some are just like, Wee, we're just having a good time. Ole Miss, I'm looking at you. Ole Miss fans couldn't care less about the game. It's all about the party, and I'm here for that. Like, that's cool. Like, they got their own unique thing going on. I'm cool with that. But I'm one of the more optimistic Arizona football fans you'll find. And even an optimistic Arizona football fan is still looking at this year and saying, okay, probably 4-8. and eight. You know, you break down, and we, we did the breakdown of the schedule. You look at, if you break it down into, into the blocks of four, you got 12-game season, three blocks of four. Where does, where does Arizona get the wins in those blocks of four? Well, as I went, to, I went through this last week, I feel like here's a win, here's a win, here's a win, here's a win. I think we can get a win here, and then we'll obviously beat the team from up north at the end of the year because that's what I always do. I've never predicted us to lose that game, ever, 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 ever. And thankfully, during my years of predicting games and being alive to watch those games, I'm on the plus side because Arizona has been better during that time, thankfully. So based on this optimistic fan, this uh, somewhat halfway educated person about the game of football and the team itself feels that this team is a 4-8 and eight team. Now, when you think about where they can squeeze another win out, where is that? Well, that's this Saturday. And the way they can do that is by shocking the world. And when I say shocking the world, I don't mean this is the biggest upset in the history of college football. In fact, today's the anniversary of one of the biggest upsets in college football. I remember exactly where I was when I watched Appalachian State block the game-winning field goal attempt of the Michigan Wolverines in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and nearly return it for a touchdown, sealing the victory in what was a 38-point underdog win for Appalachian State in one of the most shocking victories, one of the, one of the, one of the tide-turning victories in the history of sports, really, when you think about it. Since then, Power 5 teams have been on high alert for any cupcake they have ever scheduled since, right? And Appalachian State, make no mistake, was not a cupcake. They were nowhere near a cupcake. That's, in fact, that was a school I was looking at, at playing at. I really wanted to play at Appalachian State because they had such a great history and they had stability and they were a top contender in their division and then you know in at the time it was division one one double a i was interested in going to a place like that looking for a place that was stable with a winning tradition that had discipline you know i like that kind of stuff um but you know so that's and that those the anniversaries today just look at i was watching some videos of it this morning before uh before cracking the uh, cracking the microphone here but when i say shock the world by beating byu I mean, come out and play with a reckless abandon and look nothing 
and I mean nothing like the team that was on the field for five games last year and looked nothing like the team that has lost 12 games in a row and that has completely underwhelmed fans and basically everyone for the last three-plus years. That's how they can shock the world. They can come out, and as Don Brown was giving his press conference yesterday with the media, and, uh, damn, I love that guy. That guy is, he's a, he's a quote machine. You can just tell he's been around a long time. He's, he's, he, you know, he's my kind of dude. Like, he uses terms that I like to use. Like, uh, you know, like, I, I grew up around uh, a farming community. You know, my family was, was some, uh, we, had, we had dairy farms, uh, dairy farmers in the family. Spent a lot of times around dairy farmers. Dairy farmers have their own type of, of lingo. They have their own type of language. They say, they have sayings and things that they use, like, you know, oh, he's in the soup now, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, and Don Brown used that yesterday in his little press conference. But the one thing that stuck out, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't an acknowledgement as it was more so a message to BYU and to anyone else Arizona's going to play this year. When a reporter asked him in regards to, you know, how do you feel like that, how do you feel that BYU is going to prepare not knowing what they're, what they're going up against uh, in this game? Do you feel that gives you an advantage? And he, you know, he basically, you know, dismissed it. He was like, I don't think it gives him any kind of an advantage. But then he said, he looks, he looked at the reporters. He looked at all of them, and he says, I can assure you this. They know we're coming over the walls. I promise you that. To me, that wasn't an acknowledgement of his history. His nickname is Dr. Blitz, for God's sakes. Everybody in the country knows what Don Brown brings, uh, brings to a football field. You are going to be under relentless attack by his defense. I don't think it was an acknowledgement more so than it was a message being sent. Those were very calculated words, very calculated and direct. When he said, I can assure you this, they know we're coming over the walls. I promise you that. That to me is a statement. That is a warning. We're coming. We're coming for your quarterback. We're coming over those walls. Like, I am so freaking pumped up right now, man. I heard that. I was like, yes, get me back on a football field. Get me playing for that guy. I want to run through a wall for that dude. We're coming over the walls. Damn, I love that, man. That is just, that is awesome stuff. That, that's the kind of stuff that gets me pumped up. Like, that gets, that really, honestly, that gets my blood pumping. I love that kind of stuff. And to say that in a quiet little place, in front of, you know, in, in, in front of the, you know, the, the wall of helmets there that they were using as their backdrop, that to me was a statement that was made by Don Brown, the D.C., saying, we're coming for you. We are going to make a relentless attack on your offensive line, on your backfield, on your quarterback. Get ready. And he's right. BYU does know it's coming. His nickname is Dr. Blitz. But they better be ready because Arizona will not stop. That's just that's the way it's going to be. So, yes, I am excited for, for this season, I, maybe even more so than I have been in a long time. More excited to see how many wins we can squeeze out of a team <clears throat> that is projected to win one game this year by many of the so-called experts out there in college football. Yeah, I'm that excited about it. You know what else I'm excited about? FanDuel and the opportunity for you 
to get some bonus dollars in your uh, in your account. Here's how you can do it. Fantasy Sports in Arizona just got a huge upgrade because now you can play for millions of dollars, and I do mean millions, on FanDuel. And to celebrate, they're giving our customers 20% bonus on their first deposit up to $500. All you have to do to claim the extra 20% is when you sign up on the app, just use the promo code DEAN. That's D-E-A-N. Okay, If you use that promo code, they're going to give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to 500 bucks. Now, there's tons of daily contests to choose from for players of all skill levels, like zero skill level like me, all the way up to 10 who are people who do this all the time and are really familiar with these kinds of things. Free-to-play games, salary cap contests, snake drafts, and so much more. And when you win, you get paid in just as few as 24 hours. Download the FanDuel Fantasy app today. Start drafting your lineups, but don't forget to use the promo code DEAN to get your 20% bonus on your first deposit of up to $500 exclusively on the FanDuel Fantasy app right here. Age and location restrictions apply. Void were prohibited. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. When we return, cause for concern that we don't yet have a depth chart from Jed Fish and the Wildcats? Talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So the uh, Wildcats have some characters, of course, if you've been following along. Some characters on their coaching staff. One of them, Brennan Carroll, who's brought a real sense of lightheartedness to this coaching staff. It's been, it's, it's been, you know, it's a nice change of pace, I think, from what we usually get from coaches. Sometimes you get some quirkiness from, like, a linebacker's coach or something. And, and Duds, Keith Dzinski, who's the linebacker's coach on this staff, certainly does bring some, uh, some fun quirkiness to him. But you know, most of the time when you talk to DCs and OCs, they're just, they're very, you know, they're analysts. They're, um, they're one step away from a head coach kind of situation. So they're more of um, less personality, whereas Arizona is blessed with personality. Both the DC, as we, the aforementioned Don Brown in the previous segment, and their OC, Brendan Carroll who is also the offensive line coach. He was asked at the press conference yesterday, the little pressers that they were having with the media, media uh, one-on-ones with the media, or well, not one-on-ones, but the little individuals that they were having with the media yesterday, and uh, was asked if any of the offensive linemen had competed for the number one jersey. And he retorted, he says, well, I, says, I actually wanted to, to compete for the number one jersey, but we were told that coaches don't get to wear them, so I had to bow out of the competition. Just having some fun. Um, yeah, you know, offensive line would be a really difficult uh, position to be moving numbers around because, you know, as you know, now kind of in, in you know, in both leagues, in NCAA and NFL, you can kind of start wearing whatever number you want. Like, they're not really putting restrictions on, on the numbers and stuff, but offensive line would be really difficult because depending on your number, it, depends, it tells you whether you're eligible or not. And if offensive linemen are downfield and they're wearing the number one, it, it kind of it, it messes things up. It, it, it's, it's a good idea for Arizona just to leave the offensive linemen at traditional numbers, you know, tackles in the 70s, guards in the 60s, centers in the 50s, and just kind of leave it at that. So, and he even alluded to that. He goes, he goes we're, you know, we're going to keep it traditional here on the offensive line. Uh, and for, for, you know, for those reasons and for, for others. 
I just think it's important for – look, offensive linemen don't need to be wearing the number one anyway, okay? You want as big a number on your jersey as possible because fat guys wearing a number one just doesn't look good, okay? It's not a good look. I don't look good wearing a number one on anything that I would wear. You know, I like to wear big numbers on, you know, on my shirts and my jerseys. So it's, let's just keep, you know, traditionals on the big guys. Um, let's, let's not have them run around. You know, Jalen Harris can wear the number one. He's sleek. He's cool looking. You know, he's got that, that physique, you know, that, that inverted pyramid physique kind of going on for him. Like, looks good in a number one. Obviously, receivers and backs and quarterbacks, you know, they're stylish. They look good in number ones. But defensive tackles, offensive linemen, not so much. Let's, let's keep the number ones to the, to the flashy players who can actually move with, uh, you know, with, with speed. Not to say the offensive linemen can't. Offensive linemen are some of the greatest athletes in the world as far as what they do, how quick they are, how strong they are, how to, how to recognize leverage, the size and the, the weight that they move. I still marvel at what I saw from Nate Newton back in the day when he played for the Cowboys, that they could kick him out and move him on screens and, uh, and sweep plays and uh, traps. I mean, used to watch, I used to watch Dallas run trap plays with Nate Newton. I'm like, hey, they got that guy in the move, 365 pounds, and he's blasting people in the hole. I mean, just could get out and absolutely move. So, But, uh, yeah, better just to keep the number ones on the, uh, on the fast and flashy players. Now, I know there's been some concern among the media and the fans that there is no depth chart. You can find a depth chart for every Pac-12 team now. Every team has announced their depth chart. Uh, Stanford announced theirs. Either It was either last night or this morning. Stanford was essentially like the last team other than Arizona to announce an official depth chart. We're still waiting on Arizona's. Jet Fish said it would be Monday. That came and went. Then they said it was going to be Tuesday. That has come and gone. Will we get a depth chart today? Don't know. Do we know what the depth chart looks like? Probably. I mean, I already discussed it here, what that depth chart would look like. We know that Stanley Barry Hill is going to be receiver one. We know that B.J. Castile is going to be there in the starting lineup, Tavian Cunningham, that Booby Curry is going to be right there. Jalen Johnson has played well. We know that those wide receivers are all going to get, they're all going to get reps. We know that they're going to be a, there's going to be a shared competition at quarterback. There's going to be a rotation between Gunnar Cruz, who is going to get the first set of snaps, and Will Plummer. We've got a really good idea what the offensive line is going to look like. I think the offensive line has been set from almost day one, if you will, in camp. The running back situation, we know that Michael Wiley is going to be the number one tailback, and then you've got a, a corral of very, very capable running backs left on the roster between Stevie Rocker, Drake Anderson, Jalen John, Bam Smith. Okay, so we know that. The, uh, the defensive line is going to be fluid. What we're kind of waiting on is what the back seven, like kind of what the back seven is going to look like. What are, the, what, are the, what are the linebackers and the defensive backs going to look like? I think everything else, we kind of have a really good idea. Other than who's healthy in the defensive line to start, we know who's going to be uh, who's going to be in the rotations there. And, it, look, it doesn't really matter all that much anyway because there's going to be a lot of situational defenses being used in schemes for the defensive line under Don Brown anyway. So I wouldn't worry too much about the depth chart right now. I think it's pretty obvious who those starters are going to be. But I know a lot of people want to have that official depth chart. And, of course, as soon as we get one, we will announce it here for you. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, things that coaches shouldn't say coming up in a little bit as well as the NFL roster cuts, 
and more fallout from the Bishop Sycamore fiasco that was over the weekend. We'll talk about that. we still got a whole lot more to do here on the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM and 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance is looking for that next big radio star. And we need your help, Tucson, narrowing the field down to 10. Go to ESPNTucson.com today and vote for the person that you believe would be a great addition to the show, to the, uh, to the, to the lineup here, essentially. Not the lineup. We're not going to put them on the air like that. But they will be a weekly guest host on the Spears and Ali show. They get a f- uh, phone segment once a week and come on and talk some sports. There's some really good videos out there. I went through them uh, the other day and uh, cast my vote. There's some really good ones out there. You guys did really well. There's uh, there's definitely some some talent and some passionate football fans and uh, and sports fans in Tucson, and I love it. Now, the top ten contestants are going to be posted there uh, until September. Oh, well, the, all the contestants will be posted until September 7th, next Tuesday. And then we're going to narrow it down to the top ten, and then eventually we'll vote on who the grand prize winner will be to earn that weekly phone guest uh, spot on the Spears and Ali show. Go to ESPNTucson.com, vote today, vote daily. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance, only at Tucson Appliance where hour low prices are your priority. Now, things that coaches shouldn't say, such as Urban Meyer yesterday, when discussing the Jaguars' cutdowns, roster being cut down to 53, uh, Meyer was asked essentially – you know, did did COVID protocols have any effect in your cutdowns? Coach Urban Meyer said this. Everyone was considered. That was part of the considerations such as production. But let's start talking about this. And also, is he vaccinated or not? Can I say that was a decision maker? It was certainly in consideration. Well, all of a sudden, that then raised the ears of the NFL Players Association because – the NFL Players Association, the union that is in charge of the uh, the players in the league, uh, that is actually uh, illegal. That is against policy in the NFL to uh, dismiss a player strictly because of their vaccination, their choice of vaccination, whether they be vaccinated or not. It's the NFL said you cannot do that. You literally cannot cut a player just because he's not vaccinated or because he's vaccinated. Now, George Atala who is the assistant executive director for external affairs for the union, told ESPN yesterday that uh, Urban Meyer's statement has led us to an open investigation. Now, this isn't the first time this has happened because general manager of the Buffalo Bills just a few months ago, uh, 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 Brandon Bean is his name, he drew the attention of the league when he basically said, on the radio, he was he was on a he was on a, a a Buffalo radio show, said that he would cut an unvaccinated player in order to get the team closer to their herd immunity, because quote it's a competitive advantage for a team to have more vaccinated players. Now this is true, he is absolutely correct. It is a competitive advantage if you have more vaccinated players in your team than if you don't. We have talked about it with Arizona football. As Arizona is a 100% vaccinated team, they will not be uh, they will not be subject to forfeit this year because of Pac-12 
COVID protocols. They, as a 100% vaccinated team, cannot forfeit a game due to COVID protocols because they are, in fact, all vaccinated. NFL has the same thing, essentially. NFL has, with this mandate, created a competitive advantage and a competitive disadvantage regarding vaccinations of players. Now, based on all of this, uh, the NFL spoke with the the GM of the Bills, uh, Brandon Bean. They spoke with him about his comments and said that teams are strictly prohibited from cutting players solely due to their vaccination status. So then Urban Meyer comes out yesterday and is like, yeah, we took that into effect. We took that into account. If the player is vaccinated or not vaccinated, we definitely we definitely took that into account. Oops. Now the Jaguars have put out a statement. Uh, they believe their GM or their team president put out a statement just a, a little bit ago. It said that availability is one of the many factors taken into account when making roster decisions. We have vaccinated and unvaccinated players on our roster, and no player was released because of their vaccination status. Ultimately, decisions are based on a player's ability to help the Jaguars win. We educate our players, respect personal decisions, yada, 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 yada. Well, that's a spin on it, isn't it? But it's true because the NFL has created this little monster that we have right now, right? They've created a competitive advantage and a competitive disadvantage for teams with players who do or choose not to vaccinate. Now they're using the word availability. If a player's availability uh, caused the cuts, then there's no problem. Well, it's a player's availability because they're not vaccinated, right? So you can trace it right back to that. So which is right? Is it six in one hand or half a dozen in the other? Is it the player's availability or is it their non-vaccinated? It's the same difference because the NFL has created that little mess right now, the mess that we're in, the mess that, that people are in when they speak the way that Urban Meyer did, saying that, yes, vaccinations did play a part in our cuts. I mean, he specifically said it. That's a problem. NFLPA is going to uh, going to want some more information on that. Now, the interesting thing about the whole thing is, is that according to the numbers, if you if you if you there's a there's a, a website or there's something somebody that's tracking these numbers of players that are vaccinated or non vaccinated or players that are not discussing uh, whether or not they are vaccinated. Uh, which I'll get to in just a moment as well. Apparently, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the top five of teams who are currently employing on the 53-man, uh, one of the top five teams in employing non-vaccinated players. So he says that they took vaccination and non-vaccination into account, but yet they're still one of the top five teams with non-vaccinated players on the roster. So I... Again, th- I mean, this may be a zero-sum game, but you still can't you can't say that. Like, Urban Meyer's still learning kind of, you know, on the fly here how to be a coach in the NFL and the pro league. It's very, very different from the collegiate levels, of course. Now, interestingly enough, their, one of their top defensive players, a guy by the name of Josh Allen, he's a defensive end, okay? Many people uh, are familiar with him if you follow the NFL, of course. Really good football player. He's their best pass rusher. Uh, Meyer uh, was talking about specifically about Josh Allen in this in this press conference. And now 
Josh Allen was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list a week ago and wasn't removed until yesterday when the 53-man came out. Now, Josh Allen has declined to reveal his vaccination status but has been wearing masks to interviews and also was not available for the final two preseason games in Jacksonville's uh, preseason this year. Myers said, quote, well, Josh Allen's never had it. Speaking of COVID-19, he's not played in two weeks, but he's never had COVID. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but he's never had COVID. So that's pretty punitive. Saying that we have a guy who is a difference maker on our team that has not tested positive for COVID, but has not been available to us for two weeks. Talking about how punitive the NFL's restrictions on non-vaccinated players are. So he basically gave up the goat on Josh Allen. If people were wondering whether Josh Allen was vaccinated or not, Urban Meyer basically just said he's not vaccinated. As if we didn't already know, right? (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Well, you just did. (laughs) I love when people say that. Am I allowed to say that? Well, you just did. So maybe you should ask before you say it. (laughs) I mean, look. I have that problem maybe more than anybody. I just blurt stuff out. I say things, and I'm like, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but I just did, and here we go. But at least I acknowledge it. I'm like, I just did, so we're going with it. Now it's out in the world. Uh, we know you know, it's out there. But Urban Meyer should have probably been like, uh, I don't, I'm not allowed to discuss. Like, stop yourself for a moment before you, you – check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Stop yourself before you say something stupid and get somebody in trouble or yourself. Just be like, I'm not allowed to discuss or disclose anything uh, medical about our players. Uh, team doctors and official statements will reveal that uh, information when the time is due. That's what you say. That's 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 it. But just to say, like, well, Josh Allen, we haven't he's been available to us, and he never even po- tested positive for COVID. So that tells you anything about him. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you that uh, I wasn't supposed to tell you that he's not vaccinated. <laughs> Oops. And finally, and – Mary, I'm sorry to do this to you, but it keeps just coming up. I mean, your beloved Cornhuskers, uh, man, <laughs> bad bad performance over the weekend, and things just continue to get worse. Other things that coaches shouldn't say, such as head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team, Scott Frost, who said in an interview yesterday, or two days ago maybe it was, two days ago, talking about the game against the Illinois fighting Illini, said, quote, it was just an interesting game because half of our game plan was kind of out the window when they came up and lined up the way they did. Wait, wait, what? what? So you you game plan for a very specific type of defense based on what? Illinois fired their coach in the offseason. Hired a guy who hasn't been on a football sideline in three years. And you you based your entire game plan off of something you heard from a report out of Illinois training camp? Oh, they're 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 playing evens. They're not they're, you know they're not out they're not stacking the defensive ends outside. They're playing evens, playing even even gap control essentially. Okay, uh, it, it's you you have different types of running lanes, different type of blocking schemes for how the team lines up, how the defensive line lines up, whether they're odd or even. Gives your quarterback an indication where they can run, whether they need to hand off, RPOs, things like that. There's a lot of stuff keys off of even or odd, okay? Apparently, Scott Frost believed that they were going to be even. 
Illinois showed up odd. In fact, their defensive ends were like five yards outside of the tackles. Like, let's just, let's just form a shell around Adrian Martinez and make him throw the football, which they did and which they succeeded at because Adrian Martinez, not a very good football player throwing the, foot, uh, throwing the football, not a, not a great quarterback there. But to admit that you had to throw out half of your game plan because of how the team, the, the opposing defense showed you they, how they lined up? Wow. As if things weren't bad enough for Scott Frost and Nebraska football to come out and admit that you were so ill-prepared for a football game that you had to throw out half of your game plan, and it took you three quarters to figure out how to beat that defense, how to even move the football against them because they weren't. That's just (laughs) something you don't say. So learn from this, young uh, future coaches of Tucson. Don't say things like that. And also, don't out your players if they if they have a medical condition uh, that, that shouldn't be disclosed. And don't say things that's going to get your team and yourself in trouble with a union, a very, very powerful union at that. Don't do it. What you should do, though, is check out NFL Cover 2 every weekday afternoon here on Spears and Ali covering all the latest news, which is brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. More after this. Stick around. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Having a good time here on a hump day. Wednesday. Looking forward to the weekend. We got college football starting tomorrow. Actually, there's other, are there games tonight? There might be even games tonight. Oh, my gosh. If there are games tonight, I don't even know what to think of myself right now. I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm just so freaking pumped. There is. Oh, Coach Deion Sanders makes his debut tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacksonville State is going to uh, be in action tonight. Game is going to be on ESPN. Kicks off at 430. They're taking on the Dragons of UAB, Alabama-Birmingham, by the way. Just a, I mean, not a story about them, but my goodness, what a resurrection for that program. They were dead in the water. I mean, they were DOA completely. UAB, that football program, was over. They were done. They, there was nothing left. And they got a little, they got a little boost. They got a little, uh, you know, a, little, a little help out, a little hand out there. They've been able to resurrect that program. They've been able to uh, uh, to get some get some funding and things like that, and they're taking off, man. They're like they got a good football team this year. They got a good squad. Three years, four years after what appeared to be the end of football at UAB. So, props to the people at Alabama Birmingham for keeping the Dragons alive at UAB. Taking on Jacksonville State tonight. College football week number one kicks off. I'm so I'm I'm just pumped. Like this is like this is it for me, folks. I love NFL. I do love me some NBA. I've always adored Major League Baseball or just baseball in general. And the NHL is always something that's been fun to me. Like once I discovered it in high school and started watching the NHL and hockey, I, I've really enjoyed it. I actually worked for the Coyotes for a little while. Uh, really enjoyed my time there. But it. it, it College football is where it's at for me, in case you didn't notice. That's <laughs> kind of where it's at. Like the college football college football and the NFL draft. Like following these players all the way through, and then watching them to get drafted, and then 
go off and ride off into the sunset in the NFL and carve out their careers. And every once in a while you see a player pop up uh, somewhere and you're like, oh, he's still in the league. Good for him. I remember watching him at uh, you know this place back in the day. We'll talk about some of the NFL roster cuts in hour number two as NFL rosters were cut down to 53 players. A couple of Wildcats were released from their teams yesterday. One was a surprise, actually. Really surprised to see uh, one of the one of the former Wildcats who was cut from from his team. Uh, we'll talk about that. Of course, the New England Patriots they cut Cam Newton. They also cut Brian Hoyer, who I just assumed was going to be the backup to Mac Jones in New England. But apparently, they're going to go with Jared Stidham as the backup, who's currently injured. <laughs> Maybe Belichick's going to go out there and get himself a quarterback. There are certainly a lot of them. A lot of quarterbacks were cut yesterday and over the last couple of days. So uh, we'll uh, we'll tell you about some of the uh, some of the cuts that were occurring, and what some of these fifty three man rosters look like. Um, we'll co- talk about that talk about that in hour number two. Um, we'll also continue to talk some college football. We got uh, a preview of BYU. BYU just extended head coach Kalani Sataki till two thousand and twenty five. Gave him some money. He's earned it. You know he, he's kept his coaches there in the state of Utah. They like that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, he's earned it. He's put himself together a good team, and, and uh, they've always been, obviously been successful, and they're very confident heading into this weekend's game. I've heard a lot of chirping coming out of Provo, a lot. Could be some interesting bulletin board material for Jetfish and the Wildcats. And we'll keep you posted, of course, if Arizona does post an official depth chart within the next hour of today's show. Don't forget, it's just a quick turnaround here at the top of the hour, just a quick two-minute break, and we're right back. So stay tuned because we have a special announcement about how you can win some tickets to go watch some Arizona football and a whole lot more coming up in hour number two of the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. 